Hello, folks. I know it's been a while, but welcome to the Tech Foundation Podcast. My name is Kerry Brown, and I'm here with my brother Clarence. How's it going, man? Going good. Going good. Glad to be on again, man. Another Tech Foundation Podcast. <laughs> Indeed. It's been quite a while. Uh, what you been up to? Uh, well, so much has transpired since our last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed it has. Indeed it has. Oh, man. But nothing, nothing pressing on my end. Just the same old, same old man. Trying to take in some of these tech stories. What about yourself? Um, you know, same old, same old. These past few days, I've been trying to set up our home network because the wireless is severely lacking from AT&T. Their U-verse box that they give you with the the router and Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi is not good if you have more than like four walls in your inside of your house. Mm-hmm. Um, my kids were constantly getting drops on their tablets. My wife would always complain about how slow the Wi-Fi was, but I didn't really like fully understand that until I had to move my office. So I moved my office to the other side of the house from where I was. And um, I didn't have a wire connection anymore. And I was like, okay, I'm going to figure something out. But until then I'm going to, I'm going to use Wi-Fi. So man, oh my God, it's, it was horrible. Like the same day (laughs) I was like, I was like, babe, I'm sorry. She's like, yeah, okay. Not, and not it affects you. You want to change it, huh? You feel you know, the pain. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm so sorry. Like that same day, I went to Best Buy and I bought a Google, um, the Google Wi-Fi. It's like three, um, it's a mesh. Mm-hmm. There's like three little pucks, and you know, you hook one up by the router, and then you hook one up on one side of the house and one on the other side, and they mesh together and share internet connections. But um, what people don't normally know about those guys is that if you can um add a wired uplink to it. It makes the wireless like phenomenal. So, you know, I know what your thing is like the whole point of using Wi-Fi is not having to run wires. But if you think about it, a lot of there's a lot of devices in your home probably that would not hook up to Wi-Fi anyway. I mean, hook up to Ethernet anyway, you yeah. know, like phones and tablets and, you know, whatnot, what have you. Um, so those devices will especially benefit for, from their local um, from their local uh, AP or whatever, having that wired uplink. Um, it just reinforces the connection. So basically what I, what my plan was, was to, I ordered these things called GoCoax Mocha 2.5 adapters. Um, and basically what it is, is Ethernet over coax. So I ordered those mm. like the week before um, the storm happened and um, they just got lost in U- USPS or something. I don't know what happened, but it was like, I didn't get them until today. Um, so I, I didn't want to wait. So I just got, I went in my attic and I ran, a, I actually ran a drop from my office to where the, to the room where the, um, the router was. So I have a, I have a gigabit wire connection to my office, but, um, the cool thing about these go coaxes is they all have, um, gigabit ethernet ports on them. So mm-hmm. basically, um, you hook one up in, you know, close to your router, um, through the ethernet. And then you run the coax cable from this little box to your wall. And then in the, on the other side of the house, I, I literally just did this like 45 minutes ago. Other side, of the, other side of the house, I did the same thing. I ran the coax from the wall to the other go, coax box. And then I ran an Ethernet to my laptop just to get everything set up. And um, I just ran a test on it. And I was getting, um, I think I got 800 megabits <laughs> on, on a speed test. To like nice. speedtest.net, like 800 down, 900 up. So it, you get the full bandwidth. The, you get a couple milliseconds of latency. It's it's 
still loads better than what you would get on Wi-Fi. So like you're talking like one or two milliseconds more latency, which is nothing basically compared to a wireless connection. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really happy with the way that turned out. And um, I have three of them. So I'm going to take the other one and put it in our bedroom because we're, we're, we're going to be core cutting. Cause I set up, a, um, I set up a box. I'll just say that. And we're going to be, <laughs> we're going to be core cutting. And, um, Basically, I'm going to have a wired connection to the television. I mean, a, a wired Ethernet connection to the television in our bedroom as well. And I'm I'm really happy with the performance. I haven't done a whole lot of testing on it, but from what I just did, it yeah these these little these little boxes are sixty bucks a piece. Um, they're well worth it to not have to run wires because there was no way I was going to run an Ethernet wire from my old office to the other side of the house where our living room is. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because our air conditioning unit is, uh, it's in the attic and it's like right in the dead center of the house. So there was no way I was getting over there anyway, unless I just put on like a hazmat suit and crawled all the way there or something. Um, but I was really, I'm really, really happy with it. If you, if you know, main reason I'm bringing it up is because a lot of people didn't know about this. I didn't know about it until like three weeks ago and it works just as well as Ethernet. It, it's pretty amazing. Do you have to do some intelligent splicing there? Like, um, do you have to go to your root of your cable, how your cables are run to like route it a certain way or it just works? Um, the- well, I mean, it, it kind of it kind of just works um, mm-hmm. because if you think about how most coax is wired in a house, you know, each each room is basically wired up to the attic or whatever and there's yeah. a cent- there's a central like coax hub up there so all the rooms are already essentially physically connected just it it uses the coax hub so basically you know how it works with co- cable is the cable company runs a wire a cable wire into your house right they just run one wire and then that that one wire is hooked up to a, a splitter and then that's yeah. off of that splitter it goes to each of your bedrooms yeah and it's basically using that same that same splitter network or whatever, and um, it's powered. So I I believe what happens is is it 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 can detect other um, Mocha adapters on the um, on the coax, and they get addresses and they can communicate with each other. It's pretty it's pretty amazing. Like I I don't understand everything about it, but I basically see that hub. Or not the hub, the splitter up in the um, attic, like a super super dumb switch, basically. Gotcha. You know how you have unmanaged switches where you can plug an uplink up and you can plug your computer and your Xbox all up to the same thing, and it, it just knows how to negotiate. I mean, of course, there's some hardware inside of it that negotiates it, but I think it's just using just a. I don't want to get into IP protocol, so <laughs> I, won't, I won't get I won't get that too in the weeds, but. It, I believe it works in in somewhat in the same way, you know. Yeah. Where it sends out a broadcast or or like a um, dang, what is it called? It sends out discovery packets basically, and then the other one's like, "Hey, I'm here," and you know they're able to connect each other that way. So. Okay. Interesting. Interesting, man. Yeah, something I never knew even existed. So. Yeah, if you are in a position where you can't run Ethernet in your house. And you have cable drops. I know a lot of newer houses aren't even coming with coax drops because my buddy James, his house didn't have coax drops on them. But if you do and you don't feel like getting in your attic and running Ethernet drops, you can buy a couple of these guys. They're, I mean, they're not cheap. They're like I said, they're 60 bucks a piece. But if you think about the cost incurred with running Ethernet or paying somebody to do it, that's a drop in the bucket. 
Um, so, you know, yeah, check it out. I didn't mean to talk that long about it, but yeah, I'm, oh. I'm really happy with it. Sorry. <laughs> cool beans, man. Sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I guess I have a few stories. These are things that I guess are hot topics lately. Uh, one is going to be the recent craze in blockchain digital assets. And I can't say that I even really understand why, but <laughs> it's all about DeFi, man. It's basically it's basically a financial system that, you know, sustains itself and there's no one central entity controlling it. Well, yeah, I mean, I understand that. But in the sense of digital asset management, when I say that, I mean, and they're using like blockchain for collectibles and things like that. This is the way I look at it. So have you ever heard of like, um, what is it called? Tether or um, USD, US dollar coin? Have you ever yeah. heard of those? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, basically the the idea behind those, they call them stable tokens. Basically, the idea of those is, and it's not always true, especially with Tether, but the premise is for each token, there's a dollar, a physical U.S. dollar set aside for it. So Yeah, it's backed by real you, currency. Yeah, so if you buy a USD token, you're basically, you, you've got a digital version of a dollar. You mm-hmm. know, it holds value simply because that other dollar is taken out of circulation and it's backed by that dollar. And if you think about it like that, the whole, the whole, you know, digital asset thing, it, it, it kind of makes sense because. But does it really? Each, each token <laughs> is, it's backed by the value of whatever asset that is. It's not, you know, you're not just pulling it out of thin air. Yeah. Well, it, well, yeah. It's backed by something. I mean, I, I totally understand what you're saying in that sense, but I'm coming to it from a practical sense. Okay. Let me give me a few examples where people might be listening. So the NBA is using this for video highlights. You can buy a video highlight from the NBA as a, a digital asset. And you no, know, just an example here. What blockchain are they using? Is it Ethereum? I don't know what the underlying blockchain is. Uh, I don't know if it matters for this, for what I'm saying here, but. So basically you're buying, do you use whatever um, token it is to purchase the highlight reel? Is is that what is that how it works? Because I've never heard of this NBA implementation of it. No, well, I'm not, I'm not I'm not looking at it. Okay, maybe I, I I framed the story wrong. I'm not even looking at it from the actual use of blockchain coin to buy this. This is more tied into uh, a ledger of ownership and authenticity. Okay, so it's like basically like. You know, when you buy an autograph. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It, ha- it has nothing really to do with the coin itself or whatever digital thing. It's just using blockchain technology for a, a ledger of authenticity. So I think I probably framed it wrong for you. Crypto collectible consumers can purchase non-fungible tokens. Okay. Each collection is tied to a blockchain. Um, doesn't say what blockchain, though. But okay. So this is basically like baseball card. It's basically like digital base- basketball cards. Yeah. I mean, that kind of makes sense because if you think about it, you know, what, I mean, if you think about a baseball card or a basketball card, it's just a piece of paper. <laughs> it's just a piece of paper with something printed on it. You know, like what gives it value is who is printed on it like that, you know, like Michael Jordan's rookie card, essentially, physically, it's just a piece of paper. Yeah. But the key word Rex, physically, <laughs> so, but, but, but what gives it value though? It the, gives it value the, because of his rarity, because it yeah, is scarcity at- in the in the um person attached to it. 
I mean, well, other scarcity than that, in the material too, because I mean, in, in the in the print and the run, which I, I agree they're doing the same thing here, but again, we're talking about a digital asset, something that presumably could be can be infinitely copied. Um, but it can't. But it can't because they don't. It, it don't. It only exists on this blockchain. I mean, I see what you're saying, but technically, you you can't copy it. I mean, you can go download the video clip, but that's not. I mean, you can you can print you can print a baseball card off the internet and print it on a piece of paper. That doesn't mean the same holds the same value as an act, that actual card. Like it's just to me, it's the same concept. Like I don't I don't see it as a stretch. I'm I'm really want to hear your thoughts on it. Like why you don't like exactly like what. What you don't like like about it? I mean, I get that you say, you know it's digital. You can't actually touch it, but I feel like in the millennial or the generation Y age, we're used to not touching our media. I mean, you know, music is not purchased physically, you know, in mass anymore. I mean, I think vinyl sells more than CDs now. So you know, we're used to digital assets. I mean, that's that. I don't. I don't think that's the. I mean, f- for me personally, I just think it's the the difference from owning the Mona Lisa and and saying saying I own the Mona Lisa and it's on a hard drive and there's a freaking digital signature is the only thing really keeping this perfect copy of my Mona Lisa being different from the next Mona Lisa. You know, of course, if it's a physical painting, they can take take it and re and copy it, you know, pretty much to perfection counterfeits these days. But yeah, it's still a difference in having that physical thing that the artists painted themselves in your hand um, versus I don't know. I don't. Know. I, I, I just think I, I, the only reason bringing it up because I think it's a divide there. Um, whether it's it, that that a lot of people are going to have to get over to adopt something like this. I totally see your point. I mean, I get what you're saying too. I'm, I don't. And it is. You're right. It is going to take a long time for a lot of people to be okay with this. But you brought up the Mona Lisa, and I thought that was interesting because there's another um, blockchain product called Synthetics. I think it's called Synthetics. I want to make sure I get this right because it's a really cool. I got to look this up. But there was a highlight from LeBron James. I mean, the NBA was an example I was given in the article that I was trying to get to. But there's a highlight clip from LeBron, LeBron James now. A highlight clip sold for two hundred thousand dollars. I, I get it. But but the only reason I get it is because of the ecosystem around cryptocurrency. Because, I mean, you can say the same thing about cryptocurrency. Like, think about Bitcoin. 12 years, 10, 12 years ago, you could buy one Bitcoin for like a dollar, you know? And now it's it's one Bitcoin is worth like almost $50,000. Just one. So, if you think about it like that, you know, if 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 the NBA, the official NBA chain is this and, you know, it's endorsed by the NBA, you know, just like Topps baseball cards or whatever is endorsed by the NBA, these assets will increase in value. I mean, you talked about the Mona Lisa earlier and um, there's actually that the I don't think it's um, I don't think it's synthetics. It might be synthetics. There, there's a there's a um, a Ethereum um, token. That is basically attached to real assets. And so just to use them all these, for example, you can buy a part of them. Like, let's say somebody puts the Mona Lisa, whoever owns the Mona Lisa, puts it on this this blockchain and sells stakes in it. So people can buy, a you know, like buying a stock or buying a part. You're basically buying part ownership of the Mona Lisa. And as that asset 
as that asset increases in value, you actually, you know, you get your investment increases. So it's kind of the same idea. And to me, the other cool thing about it is unlike a physical painting where, you know, it's 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 real because some expert looks at it and and verifies its authenticity with these digital assets. They are like they're on an immutable blockchain, which means you can't go back to old parts of the blockchain and change it. Yeah, the basically ledger. once yeah. yeah once the ledger's written, it's there. You know, and there's immutable evidence that you own part of this asset and it's the real thing. You know, so in that sense, it can be you know more more. I don't know what the word is. In in that sense, it you are buying something that is immutably legit or you know immutably the original. Um, so I mean, it's it, it's going to take a while for people to get used to this. But these people that are spending all this money and, and are getting in on the ground floor, you know, just think about when Michael Jordan was a rookie and his car was selling and it was worthless, and now it you I think one sold for a couple million dollars like a couple weeks ago. You know, to me, it's that same concept. But it does. It is hard to wrap your head around it. So I'll give you that. I mean, to me, in a sense, it sounds like, and I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm not all in on the whole Bitcoin craze as it is stands. Of course, it's getting money. It's you know going bonkers and all the other good stuff. But I mean, for a clip that was released like a, a week ago and now it's worth two hundred thousand dollars. You know, I mean, anything is worth what anyone is willing to pay. I'll just say that. But <laughs> at some point, I think we need to take a step back and see. Um, you know, I, I know the digital currency is a whole, t- whole t- totally different story, but I'm just talking about specifically in this instance with the digital assets. So at some point we need to just take a step back and see, like, what are we really doing here? Is this just some scheme to, for people, certain people to get rich? I mean, if that's exactly what it is. <laughs> but, you know, if if their if their scheme or their their idea if people buy into it, then that makes it worth something. That's what makes it worth something is that people are buying into it. You know, there've been plenty of cryptocurrency coins that have been released in the last 10 years that, you know, are worth less than like a hundredth of a penny now because people didn't buy into the concept. Like that's what gives it value is people latching onto it. I mean, what gives, what gives the U S dollar value? Everybody agrees that it's worth something. That's the only thing that gives it value. It's not backed by gold anymore. You know, it's, I think I think it's backed by the United States budget, which we've been running in a deficit forever. So it's not really worth anything, but it's worth something because we all agree that it's worth something, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely see, you know, it's just the the same thing. You're doing a run of uh, X product that you said this is the the first thousand. We're going to print a number (laughs) on each one of them. I get it. It's the same type of thing. But, you know, I, I just look at some of this stuff going in excess so quickly it just doesn't feel right yeah it is it is starting to become a little much i mean i'm i agree with you there so i mean i, I definitely feel where you're coming from totally yeah I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense that was never my argument i mean i understand the logic of what's going on it's it's basically a a digital uh certificate of authenticity with a ledger that goes along and can't be uh, forged or whatever. I understand that part as far as we're talking about this, this, these, these digital items or assets, but you know, I just, I just wanted to give pause to that as my only re- reason for even bringing it up. 
what are we really doing, people? I, I get it. But I have another story. Another big one right now is the um, if you've been on Twitter lately, you've been seeing a lot of people talk about this deep nostalgia thing, which is bringing old photos to life. Uh, if you've seen it, it looks sort of like the uh, Apple live view photos that are like a few seconds of the person actually moving their head around. And they're doing this with um, AI and, and deep fake technology or some or some very old photos of famous people. And it is kind of spooky if you haven't seen it. So this is done through um, the company that's doing it is doing this is called MyHeritage.com. And they're using a, a AI, a licensed AI from another company called DID to create the effect of oh my this God, that's freaky photo. Um, I, was, I started to do it, but I don't want to sign up for a My Heritage account. But but um, this has kind of been going kind of haywire on Twitter and social medias. I mean, they're doing it with like people like Frederick Douglass and different <laughs> just just crazy older pictures. They're just throwing in this and seeing what it creates. So it, it is very spooky, man. Very spooky. People are doing statues. <laughs> Yeah, they're doing statues. They're doing stuff that aren't even real. It's just. Oh, man, that's freaky. Jeez. But it looks it looks genuine, you know, in a lot of ways. And it's it's pretty cool, to say the least. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Which makes me wonder how come, you know, who in Mandalorian still look very weird. Yeah. I mean, they probably could have deep faked a better look. Well, actually, somebody did deep fake a better look onto that footage. Um, I'll just see the link for that. But yeah, man, it's we're we're living in an interesting time to say the least. For sure. <laughs> so did you see the um did you see the uh the um Microsoft and Niantic demo of the HoloLens version of Pokemon Go? Man, I think I'm the curmudgeon of this episode because <laughs> yet again, I'm like, Microsoft, what are we really doing here? I'm I for one am tired of Microsoft and all their, you know, semi-impressive demos that they do from year to year. I'm going all the way back to Project Natal and <laughs> demo does not make product. And Microsoft is the blazing example of that. And I don't know, man, it looked interesting. Who's going to buy a, I don't know if they gave a price for HoloLens, HoloLens too, but who's going to pay $3,500 for a HoloLens for this? I just don't. I don't understand what they're doing, man. Nobody's well, I mean, going to buy a, this for a uh, the the teams meeting. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, man. They, let's it's just the, a POC. I mean, that's all it is. It's just showing what's possible. And to me, that that is that's what makes it cool. You know, it's the next step for something like this. Like this is what this game. You know, like for there are still people that hardcore play this game. Um, so. I'm not saying they're going to spend $3,500 for HoloLens, but, or however much it costs. I know they're really expensive. Um, but just knowing that it's possible, um, to me, that's the cool thing. Cause, you know, eventually this technology is going to get cheaper. And I hope that game creators and developers utilize it in this way. From that sense, it's interesting. As far as like being practical, of course it's not practical. It's not practical at all. Because of the barrier of entry. That's why I still think most VR is not practical. Because to get a decent VR setup, you're going to be spending like $1,000 at least. So, you know, I mean, it's just one of those things where 
I just like to see what's possible. If somebody doesn't do something like this now, you know, we'll never get it in the future. I look at it like I look at the Dreamcast having 56K online gaming. Was it too early? Yes. But without that, we would have never got, you know, broadband LAN connections on the Xbox and the PlayStation 2, you know, or the PlayStation 3. Well, there was a LAN adapter for PlayStation 2, but... I mean, you you got to start somewhere, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely moving in the right direction, but um, I think uh, Facebook had a similar demo with their Oculus technology of not so much in the Pokemon Go, but more so in their meeting technology, where you can like kind of just pop up in a room and chat. Um, I'm you know I'm with you there. I'm interested in these technologies that that they're using for this, but. Um, I've seen it so much in the last three years. It's like, I'm ready for something to, you know, something to hit something to be the next big thing. If, if this is what we're going to do, but it just seems like, uh, for the layman, it's not really popping off. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. You know, they had, like I said, they had some team demos where they were popping up in the same room, remotely manipulating, manipulating, uh, a 3d, uh, graphic or D- 3D image on a table from different locations. You know, mm-hmm. it, it it's it's cool. It's cool. But, you know, I, I just don't see the... Of course, there's a business application and that might be what they're just going for, the, the business uh, side of things. But, you know, I, you know, I'm ready for the technology to take another leap because it seems like it seems like um, uh, VR hit and it took a big jump and it got adapted a lot, but you know, it still has a long way to go, but it seems like yeah, a AR, long way, but it seems like AR kind of hit and nothing happened really. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's nowhere near mainstream yet, but I thought, you know, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I'm just being a curmudgeon today, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Um, let's see. I had one more. Uh, well, at least one more thing I wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. So did you you have you played Fall Guys before? No, I have not. Well, I mean, for a couple months last year, I think it came out like last August. It was like the third most game played game on Steam. Um, It's basically like um, I'm trying to think of something that's it's basically Battle Royale style. But instead of like trying to kill each other, you do all these games. And then, you know, at a certain point. You know, after X number of people make it past the objective, then the rest of the people get eliminated. And you basically do like three or four rounds of that until somebody wins. And I think it starts like 100 people. Um, So anyway, it was super popular last year. But Epic Games has bought the company that created it. Mediatonic is the um, parent company of the Tonic Games group who created Fall Guys. And um, yeah, so I mean, there's not much there, but um, it will be on the epic store exclusively i'm assuming and yeah they'll probably make it free to play i'll be surprised if they don't now did they <laughs> actually buy rocket league or rocket league is just on their store they bought psionics they bought the dev so yeah uh. if you if you bought rocket league before they pulled it from steam you you can still play it on steam but if you're a new player you have to buy it on epic store now man they're building a little free-to-play empire aren't they yeah, I mean, they're basically strong-arming their way into, into the market. Like, people give them crap, but, I mean, that's exactly what Microsoft did with consoles. They bought their way into the market because, <laughs> you know, Sony and Nintendo had things on lock, but they, 
you know, they dropped the money and I'm sure they believe it was worth it now, but they dropped a ton of money getting the Xbox into the mainstream market. Interesting, interesting stuff. Did you want to talk about the um the Switch real quick before uh, we leave? Yeah, let's let's talk about it. So I recently dove back into well, dove in for the first time for myself uh, for getting a Nintendo Switch all these years later. <laughs> it's been out a while. Uh, so I actually picked up the light. Um, last year I picked up a light for both of my kids. So I've been, you know, kind of get, getting the lay of the land of what's going on with the Nintendo Switch. I haven't actually owned a Nintendo since the 64, I believe. Yeah, so, it's been a while. Yeah. It's going to take me a minute to get over the A and X button being switched or oh yeah that gets on my nerves. But other than that, I think I'm enjoying it. I haven't bought any games yet. I'm doing all of the free to play stuff and playing some of the back catalog in the, um, you know, the Nintendo uh, account, uh, uh, Nintendo subscription, yearly subscription thing where you can play like the SNES and NES uh, emulated games, which I've been enjoying that. Oh, so, yeah. So, yeah, um, you know, free to play, you got Rocket League, you got uh, Fortnite, um, you know. So I've been, been diving into those a little bit and uh, trying to um, just, you know, uh, comfortably put my hands on the small because <laughs> it's so small, man. Like my hands are too big for it, but I'm enjoying it, though. I'm enjoying it. What about you? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it, too, man. So I bought um, I brought the well, basically, I, I purchased mine last week. You know, we kind of talked about getting. Switch lights last week. And um I bought um the Bravely Default 2, which is a brand new hot off the presses role-playing game. I played the first Bravely Default and I really enjoyed the gameplay. Something happens later in the story of the first game that just made me stop playing it. Cause it just made me so mad. But um so far I'm really enjoying it. I I, I really love the battle system and it, you know, it's it's so it's so much fun and it's you can speed up the pace of the pace of the battles and it's a lot of fun. So um, I'm having fun with that. I also downloaded Rocket League um, free to play. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, <laughs> coming from PC, it is a little hard. Um, I, th- I don't know if it's because the screen is smaller because it runs at a decent frame rate. I mean, you know, but it's just that screen, the size of the screen. If you're used to playing on on a, like a computer monitor, it it's a, you know it's it's a bit yeah. jarring. So I mean, I I it's it's taken me a little while to get used to it. But man, I played last night. Well, yeah, that was last night after we got off the um the trick podcast, and um I just was destroying people because my rank is like like I guess zero, mm-hmm. and I was just, <laughs> I was just shining on folks, man. Oh man. <laughs> I was playing with a bunch of new people, but um, I'm enjoying that. I'm really enjoying um, the USB-C functionality. I, I'm thinking about buying a blue, wireless Bluetooth adapter for it because I have a set of Sony um, wireless noise-canceling headphones, and I was hoping that Bluetooth was standard on it, but it's not. But you can buy this little dongle and plug it into the USB-C port, and you can get wireless you know, Bluetooth audio. So wow. It doesn't I'm, work I'm out the box? Really? No, there's no Bluetooth, so yeah. unfortunately. But and it, um, and I'm if, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna add. And if you thought there might be a way to hack the Switch Lite to play on a TV like your regular Switch, no, they don't even have the hardware in there for that. Yeah, it's not physically possible. Yeah, which is disappointing. Yeah, but I mean, I like the fact that you can't hook it up to a TV because now I just don't even worry about have, like trying to find a space for it. 
I mainly play mine, you know, when I'm sitting on the couch with the family or if I'm just before I go to bed, I like to sit, sit in the bed and play it. Um, it's I'm logging some hours on it. I'm, I've been playing it more than I play my PS5 just oh. because of the convenience of it. You know, I can play it. I don't have to be sitting at my um, television yeah. to play it. I can just kind of carry it around a house or whatever. So, um, yeah. Good job, Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a nifty little device. I'll say that for sure, man. Oh, man. And lots of great games. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lo- lots of great games. I feel like by by this time, you know, in a couple months, I'm probably going to have at least 10 games for this thing. Because there's, <laughs> there's a bunch of games that I've been wanting to play that I just, you know, didn't have a Switch. And that's the only way you can play them. So, you know, yeah. I'm definitely going to have a nice catalog. They keep those exclusives uh, on a, a tight lock and key. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're going to be standing alone because, you know, Sony started to port games to PC. So yeah. it's yeah. going to be it's going to make their exclusives be even more valuable. Yeah, but I'm definitely thinking about picking up Odyssey and um, what is it? What's the what's the last Zelda game? Uh, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah. Get that, too. So. Yeah, we we should um we should actually I think Fall Guys is on sale for like eight bucks. We should both buy that and play it. It's actually pretty fun. So yeah, for sure. Fall Guys. I think I think it's on sale for like eight bucks. Wait, this cartoony looking game? Yeah, it dude. Trust me, like I know it looks stupid, but it's a lot of fun. It's actually on a home screen. Wow, it's a lot of fun. I know you probably don't think. Oh yeah, I was playing um. Do you I have it playing. already? I think my kids might have this, <laughs> actually. I don't, but I, I'll buy it real quick. I, I I think um I have it on PC. I bought it on PC, but I don't have it on um Switch yet. But yeah, me me and my buddies that game a lot, we we played the mess out of this game. And it's you know, it's 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 like Battle Royale, but you're like I said, you're doing party games. It's more like Mario Party or something. Yeah, I mean, kind of like Mario Party. That's that's basically probably the closest thing, but it does have that elimination aspect to where if you don't do well, you know, you get eliminated and you have to start over. But um, it's it's a lot of fun, man. Um, let me see if I can find it on here. Oh well, yeah, real quick, I will say if I have one gripe about the Nintendo system is that the the friend system is atrocious oh, yeah. or non-existent. I would say. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how to add you on here, cause yeah. Now I think with Fortnite, because Fortnite is linked into the Epic account, I can I, I yeah. see I see all the same people when I logged into Fortnite as if I was on the Xbox or something. So, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm I'm not sure on Rocket League. You say it made you start over at zero. Um. Yeah. I, well, I could have logged into my account, but I just intentionally didn't. Yeah, so. I, didn't <laughs> I didn't either on mine. So yeah. Yeah, they need to get their friend system fixed by the for the next console launch. Definitely. Yeah, I thought it was on Switch. It's not out yet. It's not out yet on Switch. Maybe I was thinking about Among Us. I think you can buy Among Us on the Switch right now. But yeah, Fall Guys isn't even on yet. It's it's um it's just available summer twenty twenty one. Yeah, they just had the announcement trailer. But yeah, it's it's fun, man. It's a fun little game. There, I mean, there's not a whole lot to it, but it's pretty fun. Cool. Well, um, that was fun. I enjoyed it, man. Did you have a good time? Oh, yeah, man. Always. Always. Cool. Well, you know, folks, I hope you enjoyed hearing us ramble. And, um, you know, we'll be back again next week to do it. So um, do you have anything to plug? Any gifts? 
<sighs> Nothing really, man. Just say um, check out our Trek podcast if you're into Star Trek, where we talk about all things Trek. That's at DiscussingTrek.com. Right about you, man? And I'll plug, um, I am starting, I am reviving an old school Dragon Ball site, PlanetNamic.com. Uh, right now, if you want to find out when, you know, and get all the latest news on the reopening, or if you would like to contribute, if you're a Dragon Ball fan, you would like to contribute some articles or, you know, some of your knowledge. We'll be doing podcasts as well, I believe. So, PlanetNamic.com. Uh, go on there, sign up for the mailing list, or find you can find us on Facebook, too. So, you can go on there and sign up and you'll get all the news. That's that's my plug. Yep. Well, if nothing else, thank you guys for listening and we will see you next week. Very, very quick. Very, very quick. Very, very quick. Very, very quick. I can't, I can't beat that. <laughs> I just smells burnt and dusty. Hey guys, don't miss an episode of the Techpedition podcast. For more information, go to techpedition.com slash subscribe. T-E-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N dot com. Hey guys, it's Sergio from Reality Breached. We've got a bunch of different podcasts over on our network at realitybreached.com, and one of my favorites is Shellheads, a TMNT podcast. Shellheads is a deep dive into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in ways you've never heard before. From the early comic days to the current Nick show, nothing is off limits. Jeff from the Warp Zone Arcade joins me to binge watch and power read through a comprehensive library of TMNT fandom. Check Shellheads out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. For more details, visit realitybreached.com. Discussing that word.